Hello, Couch Co-opers, Couch Potatoes, and Couch Codependents. This is the 177th Couch Co-op Show, the greatest yeah. video game yeah. show in the world. We are a group of yeah. close friends sharing our love of gaming with you. I'm Ian, and it's a skeleton crew tonight. Dave is at home being a parent, and Jared just had his second baby, so Ooh, congrats, congrats to Jared. Dude. Anyway, I'm here with Aaron. Yes. And Scott. Yeah. Uh, remember, you can uh, be a part of the conversation by leaving comments and questions on Twitbook, InstaFace, and Gramter at Couch Co-op Shows, all one word. No hyphen. You can find our podcasts wherever they are sold, or just go to CouchCoopShow.com. Also, try following us on Twitch.tv slash The Couch Co-op Show. We stream our show every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, like we are right now. Live. And... I don't know, we're, 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 we are set up in a, a live in a new... Uh, 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 location. Uh, we are at Rose City Games uh, Studio, and joining us on the podcast this evening is Will Lewis. Thank Hello. you for being on the show. That is my welcome. Um, and thank you for having us in 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 in, in your in your home. I yeah, guess. for sure. Home I away from home. Drinks. So home away from home. I guess maybe. Yes. How much time do you spend here? You think? Ooh. Yeah, definitely home away from home. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we we have uh, Will on to talk about his studio, uh, his other endeavors, his new game that just came out, The World Next Door, and uh, so that's basically what this uh, this uh, this episode's all about. So uh, one thing we like to start out on the show, the first thing we like to do is kind of get to know you as a gamer and kind of uh, wh- where did you start? Who introduced you to video games? What do you what was that recollection? That moment? Yeah, I would say that my cousin Jamie uh, introduced me to games when we were playing Kirby's Adventure on the NES. Yes. Uh, thematically enough, she's actually in Japan right now, and uh, she was bragging about going to the Kirby Cafe. So What? Yeah. They have a cafe for everything now. They yeah. do. And yeah. I want some. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like an egg from like <laughs> today, because she gets back like in a couple days, but you know, maybe not that. And then in your case, um, what was it about video games? I mean, obviously you you become a, a game developer. So what was it about video games to you? So I also like grew up in the woods in like Oregon City. My dad was a Finnish carpenter. And Dude, I, almost, I also grew up in Oregon City. All right. Hey, there we go. Class of 96. I don't know. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to say my age. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, you know, Maple Lane Road, um, if you know it. Um, and uh, my parents had some property and stuff like that. My dad was a Finnish carpenter and like, I always liked Disney's Aladdin, and I watched King Kong and Nightmare Before Christmas religiously when I was, like, six. And he would make me, like, my dad would make me, like, wooden swords, and I'd go out and, like, chop down blackberry bushes and all that kind of thing. And I don't know if that contributed to anything. I think I just had a predisposition to, like, watching fun fantasy stuff. Right. But being able to see games like visualize that and have some input and all that kind of thing. I mean, Kirby's Dreamland was a really, really good one for that because the colors are so amazing and all the co- characters are like really cute and fun and, uh, you know, you're able to be lots of things and all that kind of thing. So I don't know. That's all I'll say about that. All right. <laughs> and then our uh, the difficult question that we yeah. like to ask is all like, right. what is your favorite Game of all time. Oh, I love shutting that question down. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, people people always ask me that question. Not a lot of people don't know that that's the hardest question I answer. So usually I go over like, what's some of my what's some of my favorite stuff right now? Right, that's right. My answer. Um, I've been I've been getting real uh, investigative lately. Uh, playing a lot of Phoenix Wright. Mm-hmm. That re-release that came out on Switch. The Switch the remaster right. looks sharp. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fun. Um, take that, you know. There's not, uh, but there's not that like that one game that just like you like 
are you you'll always go back to or i mean like one one argument i'll usually stand by is that donkey kong country 2 is oh, probably yes. one of the best platformers in existence um i agree it learned from the first one the third one went off the rails it's got like concepts of bonus stages and like secrets and tricks and like badass cast of enemies and stuff oh yeah can i swear oh yeah you can totally yeah. swear okay. totally. swear up heck yeah <laughs> um and uh, and you know different characters like uh they did the perfect like iteration of like level to level you're using the exact same mechanics but they do one little tweak and it's different and then hey later you do another little tweak uh, but it's a totally different to- you know right. minecarts where you're jumping out of them versus you jump with the minecart all that kind of stuff so i will definitely um I'll definitely uh, argue that that's one of the best like right. platformers of all time. Not that we promote console wars here, but were you a Nintendo kid then? Basically, I was a Nintendo kid. Uh, it's only about like two and a half years ago that people introduced uh, themselves as like Sega kids, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm down with that. You know, it's fine. I'm just a Nintendo kid. <laughs> well, how crazy it is that that you have a game on a Nintendo console? Right? Pretty yeah. exciting. Is that kind of unreal in this sense? It's. It's really, yeah, it's it's unreal in that way, uh, but we used Unity. Uh-huh. Developer joke. Oh. Um, but uh, one, thing, one thing I'm really proud about with The World Next Door is that it definitely feels like, it's, it's like, you know, a four to six hour experience. It's got a good meld of, like, character exploration and, like, puzzle combat, and it just feels like something that's a little higher fidelity version of something that would have right. come out on Super Nintendo or Game Boy Advance. And I think that's where my like awe comes from with regard to being on a Switch platform, uh, a Nintendo platform, the Switch, right. uh, is that it feels like it was always made to be a Nintendo game, and that is really cool. Cool, man. Yeah. You, have, you guys have anything? Yeah, the colors too. It just felt at home. Right. Um, I think with Corey, I compared to Paladin's Quest, a uh-huh. RPG for Super Nintendo that totally. used the bright pinks and blues and stuff like that, and it just felt at home playing it on yeah, like a Nintendo console. Totally. Sure. Um, Thank you. So uh, then, you know, as a lover of video games, what was the decision? Then, at what point did you decide that you wanted to make games for a living? Or that was something you wanted to like pursue. Always, always. Like, uh, yeah. Since uh, it's it's super cool. I got like really hyped. Up. Like, I'd never get hyped up about this kind of stuff, but I got super hyped up that the uh, Game Boy 30 year anniversary was yesterday. And I was like, whenever I saw one of those tweets pass by, I was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, normally I'm not like that. I'm not like, oh yeah, celebrate this celebrity or anything like that. But right, I just right. got like really into the Game Boy. And I I was not allowed to have a like console at home growing up, but I had a Game Boy right. and I have a ton of games and all that kind of thing. Uh, Donkey Kong, you know, I tout Donkey Kong Country 2 is the, is the better one. And uh, Donkey Kong Land, the soundtrack is fun in the way that they interpreted that, but... Like not a great game. Um, it's funny how we've had a couple other guests not as high, as highbrow high, oh, as you. Oh, you're you're our, our highest you're, of brows. You're like our our first real legit developer <laughs> on the Talk show. <laughs> <laughs> but they've they've said that like how they weren't allowed to have uh, a console at home. You know, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of funny. And then mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, it's just interesting to me. And us, I think all of us probably always had consoles. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember the friend's house. <laughs> I guess I guess you just want it more, and then you're like. That's how you make a game. Studio. <laughs> you have to right. be de- you have to be deprived. 
Yeah. No, I got div- my parents got divorced and we got instantly got Nintendos at each other's. You know, mm. it's that one of those things. You know, <laughs> two save files. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 So uh, you get into games. Uh, what was that journey like for you? Like, because there's a lot of people that want to get into video game yeah. development. Like for you, what was that road like? I recently I I moved within the last like four months and it was uh that's probably the first time in like four or five years that I've gone through like all of my old sketchbooks from when I was like really little or you know around the time that I, I kept was all mine too it's yeah to, like, oh totally okay. yeah. yeah uh parents or anybody who's like you're ever thinking about getting rid of your old artwork do not do it like or if you're making it like date everything like that stuff is super rewarding and it's really cool to know where you come from and also, if you want to make, you know, make the RPG that you designed in seventh grade as a Kickstarter gimmick, like, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, looking through all that kind of stuff, it's super clear that I was mega inspired by, like, Donkey Kong Country and Super Metroid and Punch-Out and uh, Kirby's Adventure and all that kind of stuff. And I had always been interested in that, just kind of always. Like, I'd always liked to Pokemon cards, and then when Pokemon trading card game came out for Game Boys, like, yep. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Just like Yu-Gi-Oh, but, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> but I always will have a soft spot for Nintendo, for mm-hmm. Pokemon. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, this, but, yeah, there's a there's... reason I'm on this side of the table. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not that guy. Then that far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it was a long progression of really really loving that stuff and like one of my my like high school senior project was uh looking at the marketing and like production elements of how to actually uh you know put money forward and get a product back for a tabletop game and all those other kinds of things so um with uh college was actually an interesting time because i wanted to go into game stuff but it was really hard because i also wanted to stick around portland and they're just not, still not a lot of outlets for that around here. Um, so I wanted to instead, uh, I pursued animation mm-hmm. and film and started organizing community groups for those. And then was like, eh, let's not do this. Let's do games instead. I'm right. a community organizer. And then is, that, is that how uh, you formed? That's how PigSquad started. Yeah, it was, I was like, yeah, community organizing is subject matter agnostic. So let's instead make something for games. And then I found a PigSquad. I thought, you know, I love art and writing, music, animation, all these kinds of things, but I don't know anything about how to code and tutorials. Uh, I, I just can't handle it. Like there's so many small uh, little either mistypes in someone else's tutorial or something that I accidentally don't interpret correctly. And you do the same thing over and over again and it just doesn't work. And you either quit or like ask for some help or finally get it one time. And I just thought like, oh yeah, uh, there's probably a lot of people in a lot of different fields that feel the same way. Right. So let's start a group of people that can do that together. So what are, I know, I think that's, is that how, Scott, is that how you met Will? Through? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was somewhere in northeast portland and uh, my friend m had like worked with you guys for a bit and i was just like i'm gonna start going to all of these because like it's a reason to just try try out stuff that's still in progress um i remember there's like a really weird version of tetris where you can individually move the pieces wherever you want it was just like um yeah stuff that i've never heard or seen before and i now have like uh, a business card or a sticker or something like that that I can go back home and look these things up. So yeah, I think that was like four years ago that I, I think I first... Is that Betacon? No, not even a con. Before that. Yeah, yeah, it was like before that. Just some 
I don't know, Breakside Brewery mm-hmm. or something. We had the upstairs reserved, but yeah, there's also like free food and drinks. So I was like, I'm, I can get down with this. Yeah, video games and beers and stuff. As much as people like video games, you got to bring the beers yeah. and the snacks. Uh, the city for that. So officially, what is like kind of the, the mission of Pig Squad? What is the... When people ask me what Pig Squad is, uh, the, the best the best term that I only came up with, I, I was I was like going over in my head for the first three years of Pig Squad. Pig Squad's eight years old as of this month. Um, but the first like three years or something, I was just like, man, what is the elevator pitch? But only in the last like year and a half, two years, uh, did community platform kind of come up and it's, it's a really easy way to say it's, it's a community platform for people who want to make games and want to help each other make games and make games together. And were you, so this is, uh, 2011, I guess is what the, is what yep. the website October said, 2011 was the first, uh, game jam that we hosted. Right. Yeah. And so were you... So what kind of games, are you actually developing any type of game work at this time? What kind of stuff are you working on? So personally with Rose City Games, um, there's a there's a chronological explanation for how Pig Squad, a nonprofit that everybody volunteers for, grew into, or not grew into, but um, led to uh, the founding of Rose City Games, which is my job that right. I make money at. Um but uh, yeah, right now we are working on an update for the world next door that we're gonna announce pretty soon, and then uh, I'm working on another project uh, that's completely unannounced that you probably heard me talking about over there <laughs> um, while we were getting set up, and then we're working on another game that is uh, unannounced and totally client or partner agnostic, which is kind of cool because we have complete creative freedom, and it's one of the first times that we've been able to acquire funding for something like that um it's really exciting and then uh we're working on a publishing situation as well what are the what are the rules with pig squad in relation to like if someone you know that you guys come over the game or someone who comes has ideas with the game like will you are you looking for games to develop from a studio standpoint at this at these things or is it just more of a fun yeah not necessarily pig squad is Pig Squad is all volunteer. Um, what that actually looks like is we have between three and five events every month where people come out and they'll show their games with each other and ask for feedback, or they will say, "Oh yeah, I met this person like six months ago and I've been seeing them monthly and like like we've been talking about making this game like let's make this game happen," um, which a lot of time uh, comes to fruition during a game jam, which is a uh, typically a forty-eight hour make a game from start to finish right. uh, challenge. Um. Yeah, you okay. guys had the college reserve for that. I think. Yeah, we did uh, University of Portland, and we had done Art Institute of Portland. Yeah, in yeah. Previous years, but they had closed down since. Um, but yeah, how many people go to that? That's we last this most recent really year we intense had forty eight hours. I mean, yeah, right. From nothing to right. playable game. Yeah, yeah, we had one hundred and sixty people this past year, and we had forty eight games made in forty eight hours. Dang. And then last year we had 130 people and I think like 32 games made or something like that in January. But we do four game jams a year because we also do summer slow jams, which instead of 48 hours to make a game, you have like seven to 11 days. Okay. Instead we, yeah. we meet up and then we say, <laughs> cool, let's get all hyped. And then bye, see you in 10 days. Come bring your game that you made. It's vacation time. Yeah, yeah. Slow it down a bit, right. But uh, but yeah, that's how Pig Squad works and what that kind of looks like. But um, then but then you guys did kind of decide that you met 
met people in this during this time, and that's what right. formed Rose City. Yeah, so Rose City was actually formed based on uh, a game jam that I hosted that I was just like, yep, like this is a huge project, and I'm going to use my game jam running experiences rather than Pig Squad's resources and all that kind of thing. So that formed Rose City Games, and now Rose City Games is a studio that makes games. Right. And Pig Squad doesn't make games. It helps other people make games. Um, <laughs> Right. So that's so, the difference. So one thing I was uh, looking at the Rose City, uh, like kind of the projects that you guys have worked on, there's a lot of other stuff that's kind of more marketing or more sure. like uh, a lot of other stuff that isn't quite game development. Mm-hmm. What what led you down that road? Is that just to pay the bills type Core. of stuff? Oh, I just... Yeah, I mean, we started with the Cartoon Network Game Jam and then we moved into a lot of different kind of odd jobs, for lack of a better term, where we were working on games that were... VR or AR experiences at expos for a straight up just client provider relationship or we were working on marketing plans for games which was uh, big in Corey's expertise my uh, co-founder but over the last multiple years we've been working with uh, in much more of a partner relationship rather than a client relationship where we are making original content that fits um, uh, an IP desire or a um, a goal with uh, kind of presence in games or any of those kinds of things. Yeah, you guys run basically a dedicated VR room at Retro Game Expo. Yes. And I like that. It's just nicely in the side so you have plenty of room because there's no way you'd be able to do that on the main floor. No. Yeah. Not not nice. we've, done, we've done single VR stations <laughs> on the yeah. main floor, but yeah. So while you were working on those kind of other projects, was the world next door being worked on in the background at that time? That or, kinda, or when did that happen? When that kind of spun up quickly like as we were, it was probably a year and a half after starting those kind of odd job uh, kind of territory that we moved into kind of full production of World Next Door. We were looking at the project scope as a whole right away. Um, we were partnering with Viz Media, who does One Punch Man and Naruto and Sailor yeah. Moon. They're uh, the uh, American distributor for a lot of anime and manga right. um, that you may or may not know very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, I know those. Yeah, Biz oh, no. does the good stuff. Yeah, they do yeah. good stuff, yeah. And um, we are working with them on kind of defining that game's presence for uh, what their, uh, I guess, public relationship looks like with games. And the first answer to that question is, let's make a game. Right, so right. So that was uh, from World Next Door's inception. Um, that was part of the goal. And World Next Door was actually... Uh, first devised at a game jam. That well, we I was going to ask you, yeah. how did that game come about? Yeah, we actually hosted a game jam that was more of like an art and design jam that we kind of looked a little bit closer at like IP and very, very basic structures of gameplay. And we hosted it here and we had 14 of our uh, artist and designer friends come out and say, cool, we're making um, concepts based on these game ideas. Right. And because World Next Door was very anime-esque, uh, we were like, cool, like, if we want to talk about how Viz is in games, let's uh, go forward with this idea that actually seems like it fits Viz's typical IP. So then if we talk a little more specifically about the game, mm-hmm. um, so one was, the, like, uh, what was the initial, what was that initial, like, the game uh, pitch or idea that was on the table? What? Yeah. Is it different then? Was it? Or yeah, has it always definitely. been pretty? Yeah, the initial uh, 
like mock-ups are literally like sprite art that has nothing to do with what the game looks like right now and the initial concept was like a genre meld of uh dating sim and dungeon crawler Uh and uh boyfriend dungeon was not the inherent (laughs) reason for us steering away from that we were steering away from that direction anyways right but uh but that's uh it's similar to kind of the vibe that we were going for. Um, but we were playing a lot of like Tetris attack and Pokemon puzzle league and stuff like that at the time. And we were looking at puzzle games and made the decision that games like that, that could be interpreted as match three or that have, you know, consumable, uh, puzzle mechanics might be a good idea for Viz's first game because, we are reaching out to a lot of anime fans who may not identify as gamers. Uh, it ended up being very different than anything I've ever seen before, and I've never heard anybody compare the regular puzzle combat of World Next Door to an existing game, which is really right, cool. Right. I like think we, the last episode I had trouble like explaining. I'm like, yeah. it's uh, puzzle. It's kind of match three, quite, but then the whole yeah. combat aspect of it, and yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, you're you're swapping rooms, and, and when you find matches, you can cast them. Yeah. But you're live on the board, board right. with your opponents, and that actively mixes, avoiding, actively yeah. attacking. Yeah, yeah. So it's very very different. Um, ended up being much more, like I said, of a like Super Nintendo or Game Boy Advance game. Like I feel, I feel like it did evolve into a gamer's game kind of thing, which is really cool. But at the same time, it's inspired by that base of, you know, how do we make this approachable to anybody who has a remote familiarity with games? And that's where the kind of, like we wanted to look at tiles and puzzle and UI that showed things being highlighted and all those kinds of things. And you guys did include the option of just like easy mode, just yeah enjoy it you don't have to really struggle on the puzzles. Right. And yeah, I mean, for people who just want visual novel, here it is. And yeah, just throw throw an easy puzzle your way and you move on with the story. I like that. Yeah, the, uh, Celeste was another game that I feel like it needed that. Like right. you're you're at the point where I just I just want to see how the game goes. So I did like at one point just like all right, just this one stage I'm going to turn off and then like I'll go back to normal. But yeah, it's it's for people who just I just want to see the rest of the story. I don't want to have to like stop playing because the uh, puzzle's so tricky. Right. Yeah, assist mode is a huge assist, yeah. trend in games right now where it's just like uh the my my favorite example is in, you know, Mario Kart 8, big game. Right, right. You yeah. turn on bumpers, and yeah. Corey's three-year-old can hit go and feel like they're playing. So it's like... So what was the decision then to go from like the uh, sprites you were saying to move to the art style that the game is currently? Like what, what was that kind of progression? That... So the the very very original game concept was we were we were kind of slowly coming up with concepts, and we thought let's open this up to a larger uh, crew, and that's when we had that the kind of art and design jam here, and we gave that dungeon dating sim idea to our friend, uh, Lord Grizz. Uh, she's an Instagram artist that does lots of very, very painterly portraits. And she did the original concept design right, right. for these characters and said, oh, if I were to make a dungeon dating crawling sim, mm-hmm. this is what it would look like. And that was one of the things that kind of right. sold it as like, oh, cool, this is what we're moving forward with. No, I really like the art. No. Yeah, 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 it turned out really great. We had a lot of talented people on the project. Uh, can you tell us what was kind of the, is, I mean, the dating aspect of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that got, you know, like played nothing. around? Not, that's not a lot of that? Yeah, we didn't, we never really like went hard into exploring that. That's probably where I would say that we didn't want it to be too visual novel. Um, you know, it's, it, 
I would say like a JRPG narrative is presented in visual novel format in the game. And there's also the idea of, um, you know, forming long lasting relationships with characters. And one of the things we just had to look at was scope and how much time we had to make this game. And with the cast of characters that we developed, we decided that seeing more of these characters and forming relationships in between all of them was more important than spending our time allowing uh, the main character to form super deep relationships with just a couple of them. Right. Um, we wanted to show, because this was IP focused, we wanted to, like, we have a lot written up about, like, what happened before the game and what happened after the game. Um, there's uh, a lot of stuff that happens at the end that leaves the game's story open to interpretation in case right. we want to make a sequel or something like that. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do that if we like did too much of the dating well, kind of thing. Like we're going to so. get some DLC or expand. Well, we're working on that DLC right now, but yeah. we're uh, we're announcing some of that kind of stuff soon. Because uh, yeah, there's definitely some characters that kind of I don't want to spoil, but they kind of don't have no. It's kind of left. Like, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Doesn't resolve yeah. In, the, in the game for sure. You see him. You see him in the credits. That's yeah. that's one thing that was funny is that like you see so many people talking about how badass like the credits of this game are because they show a little bit of a spoiler towards the end or or uh or hint at what's coming next or something like that and so many people were just like well where'd that character go and right. it's just like it's very clear in the credits <laughs> like why don't why don't you watch our game's credits <laughs> right right funny. yeah <laughs> yeah it was you know yeah um <laughs> uh did i lost my train of thought oh uh no uh so how big is was the team that worked on this game and then kind of what was how long what how you know Games take a long time yeah. to make. I'm just curious for this particular indie game. It's about, yeah. what, about a six-hour, four- to six-hour yeah, game? Yeah, four- to six-hour experience. And uh, our dev cycle was between, I usually, based on when we were concepting it versus when we were actually prototyping and all that kind of stuff, I usually say, like, between 15 and 18 months. Okay. Um, and, man, the, the collaborator question is difficult. Like, when people ask me, how many people are in Pig Squad? It's just like... Like I usually go by how many people I met, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, with World Next Door, it's probably at any given time we had between like six people on the project and twenty five people on the right. project because you know lots of people doing contract work to make background elements or single animations or marketing materials or any of those kinds of things. Was it? I mean. Obviously, I mean, creating a game, it must be difficult. But is there, like, any a moment, like, this just, like, stands out that was very difficult for you guys? I mean, point? pivoting on design is always a challenge. Um, with the pa projects that we've scoped in the past, um, moving forward, I want to give us a lot more time for uh, either paper prototyping or playing around with a very, very, very simplified version of the game to say, cool, what makes this fun we know that, but like maybe let's layer a couple small things on top of it before we go into full production with layering all the art on it, or you know, deciding uh, like maybe making a checklist of all the different things we can vary to make the fun the game replayable rather than fun right. after knowing that it's fun. Right. I saw the in progress of the celestial shrine of just mm -hmm. like concept art, and it actually still looked just fine with just the cartoon without all the shinies and the pretty little aspects but yeah like the final right. version is still my wallpaper mm -hmm. that i just like it's beautiful it's so well drawn and really captivates that's this is the first dungeon in the game like this is definitely like a great first impression mm -hmm. and now uh, how have you uh 
I mean, I, I I just beat it last night, uh-huh. so uh, I really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll cool, say that. thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played it on Switch. I know, I know, uh, I know. Scott got a code, Steam, but yeah. I, I bought it on Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to play it on Switch, and it, it was a really uh, great you. experience. Um, and I'm, it's not my type of game. I'm gonna <laughs> be honest. It's not. And you are obviously we're gonna be on the shows, and I wanted to be you know informed. Totally. But it was a really great game, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It is not. I mean. For me personally, a little little heavy on the dialogue. I'm not a mm-hmm. big visual novel type of guy, so I'm a JRPG guy. So yeah, I get that. Easy I get peasy. That. I get that. <laughs> but uh, no, I really enjoyed the combat, and I like the art a lot. So cool, thank um, you. Just to get that out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I guess uh, I'll uh, oh, go kind of chime in. Yeah, I did not use Steam at all, mm-hmm. uh, and now I'm a heavy hitter <laughs> on Steam. Like it really like mm-hmm. pole vaulted me like directly into the Steam world, and now I'm like exploring all the options of steam and stuff like that a lot and, of stuff I mean, on there yeah to jump on that i was like all right i'm gonna finish this game but now i'm gonna like dabble in a few more indies like i'm basically like indie crazy now and uh, yeah a lot of the sales are insane like um yeah i mean the, the price on world next door is great it's like perfect and like for the length of it it's 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 got a lot like i'm on my second replay now trying to get like that special, like, uh, use everyone at least once, use your right. friends once, which I saw was like 7% of the people who played it. Yeah. That's just good to get those achievements. Yeah, right. <laughs> just a full completion. <laughs> but yeah, it, it means there's part of the story that I missed out on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm now like going through and trying to do all the alternate paths. Awesome. It's, it's, cool. worth, it's worth the replay for sure. Right. The, uh, the, uh, so where I was going before is uh, how how has been the reception to the game for you? Like watching it, you know, uh, you know, I follow you guys on Twitter and a lot of fans right. or like, what has it just been for you? Yeah, I mean, PAX West and East were really, really cool. Like, PAX West is interesting in the Indie Mega booth because it's just, like, so packed in there. And people were really loving it. And we had a little bit of an updated demo at PAX East recently, and we actually released the game the first day of PAX East. So uh, that timing was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's interesting game timing. Game is out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, buy it right now. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just a lot of positive feedback and a lot of love around just like, but but also like, it was it was interesting to see the skepticism of like, what is this game because of that new mechanic right. that I haven't seen before. And at the same time, it was really rewarding to do that work and say like, this is what the game is. Are you still interested? And they'd be like, yeah, I want to play it. And they sit down and play it and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy it right now. And we were like, we were giving pins out and stuff like that to people who uh, either purchased a like Steam bundle that we had or showed us the game on their Switch or something like that. And it was really rewarding. It was, it was wild to me to see people just be like, yeah, I'm going to buy it right now. And with price point and stuff like that, just like, oh yeah, $15? Because a lot of people are just used to triple a games or you know you right. know store feature stuff right. or stuff that their friends are talking about or anything like that and that's one of the huge challenges of an indie team is getting that word out about uh making sure that people even know the game exists and right. hearing from so many people that did not know about the game but getting positive reception was really exciting cool um i don't know if you can talk about this but was there uh, anything in the game that had was cut that you wanted in the game but just couldn't you just weren't able to get it in or yeah i mean i would just say more just like more. i think one of the things that um we're we've been thinking about is just the idea of more side quests that looped back in to make your player avatar more powerful or anything like that um the new game that we are working on that i'm team lead on is way 
focused on making your player character have upgrades and all that kind of thing. Uh, the number one question people would ask me after playing the demo was, cool, this was super interested, uh, super interesting, and I'm like, I, I, like, you gotta sell me just one more thing though, like, how does it get different? Like, how does it get better, or how does it get harder, or any of those kinds of things? And everybody's first guess was, you get more powerful, right? Or like, you get more things that you can do with runes, or right. any of those kinds of things. Um, and it's in that puzzle vein, it's it's much more that concept of like responding to different situations than leveling up your player avatar. Right. And I think that's one thing that um, I think is an interesting challenge because it would have added so much time to our dev cycle to be able to balance all that stuff and say right. just like, yep, the, the earth rune, which doesn't exist. Like, right. what does it do? Is it fun to use? Like, just multiplies a couple of things because you have to also consider how it works in relation to other rooms and other enemies and room types and where you are in the game and all those other kinds of things. Cool. You guys have anything else you want to talk about on this game? Yeah, I had a few notes. Um, yeah, I also want to know if anything was taken out. Uh, the market seemed like a lot was potentially going to happen later on. Like uh, there's the arcade and stuff like there that. There was actually, we I were... feel like, yeah, there might've been maybe some thought on like making more rooms and stuff. We got... Or? I feel like we got pretty far with regard to the overworld map and stuff like that. We feel really good about that. Um, it was after we like made it and saw it that we were just like, oh man, I don't want to go into these places. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. opportunity. Never, yeah. yeah, like we never really, we we didn't consider that up front. And then when we saw it, we were just like, ooh, I won't go in. Um, <laughs> we were actually talking about Global Game Jam like spending some time we, we were bug fixing instead i think but uh, we were talking about making like a very 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 short you know like arcade guy game in a totally different style from the game that you Pixels. could just yeah yeah that you could just <laughs> yeah. like play at the arcade um we ended up we were we were busy for some reason i mean i was running the event so i couldn't do it but um yeah there's there's small things like that yeah um we didn't really have any cut characters uh the characters that were cut were for just design reasons and stuff like that with regard to just like making sure that the IP was cohesive and everybody fit in this world and all that other kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of feedback comes from like, cool, where does, where does the story come next? And that was another thing that we didn't necessarily anticipate. We left, we, we wanted to leave loose ends, but people were so hungry for more that they were, uh, they were just really wanting those loose ends and right. the the whole crux of the game that you are June, a human girl trapped in Emrys right. and that you need to get home. We were like, yep, that's the that's the main plot yeah. and everything yeah. like that. But, but what there about were the more... subplot? Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of subplots that are like... Uh, the you whole know... reason she's stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are our like, yeah. Read the comic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, exactly. Oh, At least we got to do that. That was oh. that was really really cool to work with Viz and make uh, work with their editorial team, which was really really cool and yeah. like make that. And uh, they reference the game references the Horace beer lighting yep. his foot on fire and like that's where it came was the mm -hmm. comic book. I see. Um, I gotta read the comic. I got it. I did read the after <laughs> thing. Like um, <laughs> you guys posted the whole the world of memories and the different characters you meet, the demons mm -hmm. and the. Uh, I like that. Um, I'm not sure was that all in the game itself the like kind of explanation of there's there's a lot of lore explanations that don't happen mm -hmm. in the actual game but it was really cool to be able to have that lore backing everything up yeah so I read that it was rules for extras. how we went forward yeah 
like I'm a huge, huge fan of like Dark Souls lore and um, yeah, a lot of lore driven things. And it was it was neat to be able to explain like the ancient history, even down to like nature science of how Emrys works differently from Earth. And that actually makes an appearance in uh, r- the character Rainy wants to do a, a report on Earth and you're able to uh, explain, uh, you know, the player doesn't know, but as June, you're able to explain to Rainy what happens with uh, the the two different worlds. And he goes, oh, thanks, and writes his report. But um, it was cool whether or not that stuff ended up in the actual game to have those rules in place and be able to say, like, cool, like, if we ever want to make, you know, turn-based tactics set 200 years before the events of the game, like, <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that blew my mind was that the bosses used to be Emery's, uh-huh. and it just says they turned into that. Is there more to that than just becoming evil? Because, I mean, I loved all the character designs. Even the bosses character art was like super cool it was like uh, the wolf who was all distorted and everything and <laughs> the medusa with all arms and everywhere i tried to screenshot that and i was like maybe she'll come back in our cinema it's just that one shot yep. like all right second playthrough i finally captured the screenshot but that's a that's um, a very clear answer to what <laughs> got cut is we were we wanted to have like what made w- them yeah well i was gonna say it wouldn't it wouldn't have been dialogue but we wanted to have more shots of their their full character art but it just mm-hmm. appears a couple of times yeah. um yeah, so the idea is that long story short, yeah. Earth has Earth has molten core and electricity via, you know, Earth's natural systems is right. the main source of power. And in Emerus, uh, there's actually a magical core in the Earth and there's no sun, but day and night is determined by the center of the core of the Earth pulse or the world uh next door. <laughs> pulsating, uh, uh, I see. Uh, pulsating in and out. So when it's uh, technically, uh, you know, breathing out, the magic actually Effects. creates uh, light in the atmosphere. Okay. And when it inhales, okay. it all goes inside of the sphere. And it's nighttime; the magic goes inside. Um, but one of the things that is like some some deep lore stuff is that there's very very briefly mentioned is that there's more magic in the shrines than on the outside world i'm not going to say why here. <laughs> yeah. and um the uh the idea of consumption of too much magic or use of too much magic or contact can um kind of affect uh you mentally as well as physically to cause you to uh I mean, in the case of the Horse, first enemy you see, well, you see I have a hand growing out of your head. <laughs> right, the, right. All the hands growing out of her head or anything Mutations, like that. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and there's actually small subplots, extremely small subplots for every boss that explains who's those, who those bosses actually were. Cool, nice. Um, such as the the uh, first, uh, or Brescio, the second boss, the, the lava dude. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the forge shrine location used to be a forge and he spent too much time down there and became the monster that he is and spent more and more and more and more time down there and yeah any other uh like i i definitely attributed the the gate to uh stargate symbols on it any other pop culture anything that you guys kind of pulled a little bit from or there's a couple of anime references um there's a jojo's bizarre adventure line in it (laughs) um oh it's a baseball Oh, that's a baseball. Excuse me. Interesting. Um, there's a couple of other anime references. Uh, the comic was originally designed uh, in in Vesper's side quest 
the the manga was designed to look a lot like uh, the real Death Note comic uh, in our in our real world, not not like yeah. Yagami's Earth. Yeah, um, this is all going over my head. Yeah, Death <laughs> <laughs> Note's good. Uh, this side of the table, we're yeah. We're there getting, we go. Yeah. Now we know where we stand, where we sit. Um, there's two. I don't know why this ended up in there, but there's two uh, Wizard of Oz references. I didn't. I didn't Ooh. write those parts. Ooh. What? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so I don't know. Um, yeah, so the second time through, I will be looking for these little yeah little right. tidbits. That's cool. Um, but yeah, a couple couple of other small things. Uh, there's even a reference to like a couple of inside jokes that we just had with the team and with uh, Lord Grizz, the character artist, and stuff like that. The pineapple pizza scene. That's a that's a Lord Grizz thing. If you follow her and you see her Instagram stories. She's always she's always mining for those good people that want pineapple on their pizza. Yes, <laughs> I said no. I said no. As <laughs> there a, you go. Yeah, as a Hawaiian, divisive. As a Hawaiian, <laughs> no, that's a negative. Um, uh, you mentioned you are working on an update, mm-hmm. and it is it just a, like a, a fix or for fixes, or is it yeah. going to be some new content? There's a couple mode? small fixes, but there's going to be new content. New content. So um, I played a little. Uh, we'll be announcing the, uh, that. Confirmed. Recent drink and draw. So I played a little of the. Uh, so if. The, this game, it sounds like it's really been well received so far. If it gets beyond your expectations, will there be a sequel somewhere down the line? That is one of our hopes. All yes. Right. Cool. And then uh, you mentioned you already mentioned your the other game you're working on that you're the lead on. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us anything about that? No. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> nothing. Announced soon. There enough. is a new game. Yes. There's a new <laughs> game. We are we're working with this on three different games. Oh and, wow. Uh this this next one that I I'm, I'm working on is the second of the three. World Next Door being the first. Can you tell us what de- where in the development it's at? Um it's going good. It's going good. Yeah. All right. I it's don't cry good. anymore. It's exciting. What what kind of stuff do you guys play just in the studio while you're, you know, you're you you must be trying other things, other games, other like ideas that you guys kind of, oh, that's cool. Or are you just playing like just, you know, Dark Souls all day or something? We haven't. I mean, that's my, <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls is, or Dark Souls and Phoenix, right? Are my just home games right now, my home team. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we do a lot of research focused on the types of games that we're making. So we're making a roguelike with this specific top down shooter style or whatever. Then we'll play Nuclear Throne and. Uh, Binding of Isaac and Runers and all these other games. Right, know. right. Um, the the other game that we're working on right now that's uh purely original to Rose City Games. Uh, we're looking at a lot of like digital card games, so we're researching a lot of just like making sure that everybody's on the same page more or less about all these card games that you have an idea about, like uh, something that should be drawn from this card game and you have an idea about this other card game and but this person hasn't played either but right. has another idea to contribute like staying on the same page in that way um but uh we're also doing a lot of like we're we're here in a co-working space with uh, a VR company and a couple of other studios so sometimes we'll have Super Smash Brothers nights and sometimes we'll do Beat Saber and compete with each other and try to get that double S and a couple of other things so how often are you guys just pitching new stuff to each other? Like all the time? Or like, do you like, no, we can't do this right now. Don't just shh. I'm usually, <laughs> I mean, the, myself and Corey as the producers are typically just like, yeah, we can't do that right now. <laughs> Even though we have our own ideas, but we just don't tell anybody because we don't want to get everybody excited about something that may or not may not be able to happen with the time that we have to be right. able to finish these games. But like you come like, let's say you came to the end of the world next door. Then do you have like a sit down and, or do you already have the games or do you have like a, uh, like a meeting? Like, oh, pitch your ideas, guys. 
basically a lot of a lot of our work currently has come from either um just kind of like inspiration from trends of indie games in general or from uh just jamming out ideas of our own um we've never really seen another game and been like we want to make this game kind right. of thing um it's it's of course big time inspired by those kinds of things but like with with tetris attack being one of the games that we we're playing a lot of when we were concepting world next door gameplay like you see where that went <laughs> like it's nothing like tetris attack so that's kind of cool how that ends up um, it's really nice to have pig squad there to be able to play test games and say cool is this fun is this not oh are we actually sitting on something interesting that we should pursue um but uh there's also times where we're participating in game jams personally and we don't bring it to work sometimes. Right. Um, I made, uh, I haven't really talked about this much, but I made nine games last year um, in my spare time, just like small prototypes and like mechanical, you know, uh, pursuals, um, which, you know, probably won't end up becoming full games with Rosity games, but we've right. referenced some of them um in uh like a, a mini game that appears in this game or as oh yeah let's take this one tiny little tidbit from that that prototype and put it in this larger right. game we're making or any of those kinds of things do you have that kind of dream game you want to get to someday and you just you haven't no are you just no not necessarily i'm not that i'm that not that guy? uh hopeless right. mmo type <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of genres i want to explore i think i would say like um I I messed with RPG Maker a whole lot, and I made another RPG Maker game for one of Pixwad's game jams last year, and it would be really really fun to find. I I think it would be really fun to make a JRPG that went away from what a lot of people think is tedious about JRPGs, but still like stay as true as possible to the original medium. Like, there's not many games that do that. Um, but I think that something like that uh, mixed with like, you know, monster collecting kind of stuff would be really fun. And in my personal opinion, uh, deck building stuff I really, really like. And I think it would be really fun to do that stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, and then I just have some kind of like now that you've had the studio in Portland, like what has uh, the culture been? You know, you have Pig Squad, you have mm-hmm. Rose City. What has it started any other kind of studio? I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I would just say that, like, I was just having a conversation with somebody earlier today about how PixWad is definitely a really good mix of professionals that have worked at AAA studios and hobbyists and students. And then with regard to skill set, too, like, there's, like, pretty even mix of, like, artist, programmer, musician, mm-hmm. and then a lot of other skill sets in there. And that's always kind of been the case. But I would say definitely that like within the last three years because of what's kind of gotten off the ground and because we really support with PixWad, like people going out. Of course, we we promote networking. Networking right, right. is kind of a dirty word. Like it just sucks. Um, so it's a lot more about relationship forming and placemaking and uh, safe environments and everything like that. Um, but because of that, it's been interesting to see more and more people get out of their shell and go to the big stuff like PAX or GDC. And we've just been having more and more people from Portland come out to those larger events to really put themselves out there, which is all just kind of like, it's all a big cycle of 
my, you know, my pecs going ability enables me to feel more comfortable to say hi to this person on Twitter and, oh crap, I just met somebody that I've always wanted to work with and they right. want to work with me. And there's like more and more people over the last like two or three years that are actually going very headlong into like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like I'm actually going to form a studio or I'm actually going to run a Kickstarter with the intention of this being my job for the next three years or something like that. Um, and people have been getting better at it over the last couple of years. Right. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And how do you, what do you, how do you, what do you think of like, I mean, of the game industry currently, how it is right now, how do, what do you, how do you see it, perceive it as, you know, are you just kind of, you're this little indie studio and you're just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't really can mostly my relationships with people in the kind of international game C is a little bit more personal. Um, but uh, I'm I'm curious as to how that stuff will change when we announce the game that I'm lead on right now. Um, but otherwise, people typically know me for Pig Squad or right. um, or the World Next Door right now. Um, I think with regard to just kind of like an outlook on the scene in general, like I definitely think it's flooded with regard to just like how many things are going on and how many games are coming out and quality control and all that kind of stuff too. Like. Um, I was I was very interested in seeing like what Switch let through the floodgates oh, compared right. to the Wii U, <clears throat> and yeah. of course everything. Yeah, yeah uh, everything. I mean not really. It's, it's hard, but like, hmm. come on, on some of those like there's that there's Just that one all game the, all those mobile games that like no one yeah, yeah. Well, there was that one game that was like it's it's probably up there right now as a game that's like discounted to one cent because yep. it's 99% off because it's a dollar. And like everybody I talked to when I, the, the funnier one is when I talk to people like just around town or at an expo or anything like that. And I, I don't know them and they're not in the industry. And I mentioned, if I ever bring that up for whatever reason, they're just like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I just have a gaming system and I want to play stuff and like, but I picked up this game and it just sucks, man. Like I've never played this game, the game <laughs> this bad. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like get out of here. Like there's so many ways in which like uh, right. people that know what they're doing can get out there. So, uh, that kind of stuff is interesting to me. The, uh, lack of, uh, it's not cultivating. What are the words they use? Curation. No, no. To the, all the content to, uh, uh, body over quantity. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm having a brain fart. Real quick, uh, they're saying there's some reverb Is on there? the Twitch feed. Uh-huh. I mean, audio sounds fine, but I don't know what we can uh, do. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. the, the the Twitch stream. I'm, I apologize if you guys are having some issues with that. Yeah. Um, uh, audio will be fine. The podcast. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. We're still uh, feeling out this whole Twitch thing. <laughs> it's That's very right. new to us. The podcast has been going on for years. Um, <clears throat> You guys have any other questions? Mm-hmm. Well, I was wondering. Dark Souls. So <laughs> I noticed that you you're not have... playing. You're not playing Sekiro. I was, and then I was. Oh, I, you, I got bored of the like I endless. Think everyone does that. They stand endless away. like sub bosses. I was just like, uh, I don't care about quick time events that cover up what the character is doing, so I can't see what the, how to respond. <laughs> I'll get back to it. I'll, I'll beat it. I've committed. Because some that. people like love it. Yeah. In the camp, and then some people don't. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, that's all right. Well, so I noticed that most developers generally stick to like one console. Like with um, this game, it, the world next door is uh, Twitch and uh, Steam. Mm-hmm. If 
let's say PlayStation caught on to the whole World Next Door and they offered you a contract. Can you do that, or is it exclusively with Switch only and Steam? We're exclusive for Switch for a timed interval. Oh, okay. Um, that kind of stuff is also for for indie game developers out there. Like that stuff is real. It's something big yeah. time to consider. It's a way to, you know, uh, our our situation is different than everyone else's, but you could get money that way, or you could get extra marketing that way, or you could get, um, you know advice on what release window to come out in or anything like that so that's a that's a big decision if you were to say you know this is going to be console exclusive for this oh, okay um so it is possible. it's also a lot of work to do it so true to, to port true. So, but it is true. possible you guys could go to ps4 or xbox at some point yeah all right cool that's yeah. cool well will uh man thank you very much for being on the show yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure talking with us um it, it's pigsquad.com rosidygames.com mm-hmm. those are your any other places we should plug uh, Twitter for Pig Squad is Pig Squad and for Rose City Games. Uh-oh. It's Rose City Games. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have Instagram with both of those, but with PDX at the end of them. There's um, some great Instagram stories. Uh, which one? When <laughs> which, which account? PAX. PAX was just like a ride. Like it was yours, it was Marlowe's, it was everyone's just kind of like, oh my God, game set come out tomorrow. And then just like you guys were speaking memories and I don't know, it was like a really fun adventure to follow your like PAX experience. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys had like almost a story going of just like one more day, like we're almost dead. Mm-hmm. It's day three of the convention. I just want to go home. Yeah, but, it's yeah. interesting. Indies are, indies are, a lot of them are very accessible in that way. It's it's so fun to follow. Um, mm. Ooblets is one of my favorite uh, uh crews to follow around as they're as they're tweeting about you know uh buggy gifts or any of those kinds of things Mm -hmm. hopefully hopefully we'll find a a good place with the next game that i'm leading right now to tweet a lot of buggy gifts because they're real funny (laughs) (laughs) awesome well will thanks again so much for being on the show again guys that's uh, the world next door you can get it on steam and switch uh go out buy it uh Two of us at this table, well, three of us, I guess, at this table uh, approve of this game very highly. Aaron, you need to go buy this game for your your console. Uh, yeah, I know. So I, I wanna will. I wanna thank you guys all for being on the couch uh, tonight. Uh, and I totally lost my little outro script here, so I'm just going to make it up. So, uh, what do I say, guys? Pixquad.com. Uh, Pixquad.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Twitbook, Instaface, and Gramter at Couch Club Shows, all one word. No hyphen. And uh, just, uh, you know, I'm sorry the Twitch stream is not the greatest tonight, guys. I, I will look into that. I don't know why it's different. How many people? Do we have anybody? Mm, four. Yeah, one, four people. Four. Mm. That's, yeah. why we, that's why we don't care. Uh, uh, Whoa, what that was oh, four loco, dude. Hey, hey, <laughs> one thing I forgot to uh, mention at the top of the show: uh, RockHeartClothing.com. Our our fifteen percent promo code is still good till the middle of May. So if you go use the uh, promo code CouchCoop, C O U C H C O O P, basically Couch Coop, no hyphen. Uh, if you use that, uh, you'll get fifteen percent off your order. RockHeartClothing.com. Uh, what else we got, guys? I don't know. Uh, I think that's it for Couch Coop. I mean, reminding you to please. Be excellent to each other. Wild Wild stallions. stallions!